Regular listeners of the podcast will remember that I have talked about the productions of Henry IV, Parts 1 and 2, and Henry V at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival a few years ago, many times. Today I have the pleasure of talking to a badass warrior uh, who, in, uh, in other seasons, also plays badass ingenues, and I'm so excited to talk about what it's like to have that kind of range. Alejandra Escalante, what was it like um, kicking Henry V's ass? Oh, it was so wonderful. It just felt really great, and it really helped that he was my fiance. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast number 720, Juliet to Hotspur. Alejandra Escalante is an actor who's worked at the Goodman Theater here in Chicago, at American Repertory Theater in Boston, the Guthrie Theater in Minneapolis, and for five seasons at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival in Ashland, Oregon, where she played Juliet, Desdemona, Miranda in The Tempest, and in the role I first saw her in as the gallant Hotspur in Henry IV, Part One. Riding out the quarantine here in Chicago, I was so excited to meet and get to talk to Alejandra, who started our conversation by telling me her first response to being offered the role of Hotspur. Yeah, I didn't want it. Oh. I, I, so this is so bizarre. So I, yes, I had been playing, okay, so I actually went to college at BU and I was very much, I was always cast as the grand dame, the older woman, the, uh, uh, you know, in, in Cherry Orchard or whatever it was. And I, I went to school to be a character actor. Uh-huh. That's what I wanted to do. Yep. But then I got out of school and that wasn't happening. And right. everyone only cast me as ingenues, which I was very grateful for. Right. Um, but that's really what I was doing for years and years. So we had taken some time away from OSF and uh, were deciding to come back because Dan was gonna be offered, uh, you know, the Henriad. And I yeah, said, yeah, the Henriad. So Hal yeah. in both parts of Henry IV and, and then Henry V in the, in the next season. And it's his favorite play. Henry V is his favorite. I knew what a huge deal that was going to be. And I was like, oh, sure. What? Oh, no, I'll have to go back to OSF. How terrible, <laughs> you know? So the only thing I ended up auditioning for was Viola in Shakespeare in Love that oh. they were doing that season, mm-hmm. which felt very on brand for what I had been doing there. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, okay, yeah. And it's a lovely play. And... Christopher Leah Moore is directing, awesome. So that's what I auditioned with. (laughs) The day that casting comes out, he gets his beautiful offer, amazing, amazing. I get an email that says Hotspur in Henry IV, part one. I literally never talked to anybody about it. Wow. Didn't talk to a soul about it. He calls me, I was working upstate New York. Dan calls you. Dan calls me and and he's like, what, what, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And I just said, no. No. <laughs> and he was like, well, I mean, it's kind of amazing. Do you want to think about it a little bit? And I was like, I mean, I, I just, <laughs> this is ridiculous. No, I, I, I can't. And then, you know, we got off the phone and I was, of course, in this rehearsal for something else, thinking about this, thinking about <laughs> Hotspur. Been there. And I was like, wait a minute. Could this be really cool? And because I had, like I said, what I, what I wanted to do acting-wise was to be a character actor, and I hadn't gotten a chance to do it in so long, um, 
And then I started thinking about what it would mean to have a female Hotspur and that I could get a chance to do stage combat, which I hadn't done in a bajillion years mm -hmm. because no one ever gets, no ladies ever get the chance to do it. And, uh, and I was like, okay, I think, I think this is, I'm scared. Yeah. I'm scared shitless, but I'm, I'm willing to, to yeah. try this. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, and uh, you know, one of the many things I loved about your Hotspur was I wasn't 100% sure, sure about Hotspur's gender, and it absolutely didn't matter to me. Because it wasn't even as if you uh, played him as a man or even were distinctly feminine, necessarily. You were just badass. And it felt like it was the soul of the character, the spirit of the character, rather than the gender designation of the character. Was that part of the conversation in rehearsal? You know, I think Liliana, who was the director, Liliana Blaine Cruz, who was amazing, she always had the idea of it from Jump, it being a female. I think in the playing of it, um, I realized that I, I don't know that Hotspur herself was even particularly interested in being a female or a male. She was just a soldier. Yeah, right. You know, she was just a, a, a warrior, and that's that's all that really drove her. Mm -hmm. Other things didn't really matter. Mm -hmm. um, so that when she gets into the, that very first speech about talking about how this guy is such a Oh, oh my God! And he's so ladylike, and boo, 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 boo. That even even she can see see some feminine traits as bad. You yeah, know what I mean? I yeah, right. That even she kind of starts to make those connotations, and that all that she is working on is being bigger, badder, stronger. You know? Yeah. So yeah. That, well, and I love that too because I've told and I've thought about it myself as an actor, and I tell actors that I'm directing. You know, I think your character is maybe six inches taller than you. <laughs> Or a hundred pounds heavier, and and you absolutely felt like whatever. I don't know what your actual height is. Five six. Five six. Yeah. But you felt you felt absolutely uh, uh, sort of uh, six feet in both directions. I mean, you were broad. Yeah. You had this 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 really strutting uh, shoulder working thing that I was. How conscious were you of that? Of how you carried your body and where you put your center of power? You know. Yeah, I definitely. I definitely tend to um, be more of a physical actor than maybe more of, than a cerebral actor. But, and I, so I knew that I wanted her to have a huge presence mm -hmm. and that she was um, aware of it, that she always knew she had to be, being a more petite female, whatever. And so um, that walk, a lot of it came from just like watching big old barrel-chested dudes walk. Yeah. And, and then part of it also came from the idea of having just returned from war and constantly being sore and yeah. hurt, but that she takes that on in stride. There's no time to complain about it. It's just how she takes up space. And Well, and that's where all the muscles would be sore if you're yeah. wielding big axes. Totally. And, yeah, I, it also helped that I gained about 15 pounds mm. uh, in <laughs> literally that. Of muscle, I'm of guessing. muscle, yeah. 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 I worked out. A lot yeah. and a lot of like weightlifting that I had never really done much before and stuff like that. So I genuinely started carrying myself differently because just the pants got a little tighter and the t-shirt <laughs> did too. And, uh, <laughs> it's also now occurring to me that this could be a COVID uh, project for you, the Hotspur Diet. There we go. You know? There we go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, well, then what was it like? Am I right that you met your fiance, now husband, uh, Daniel Jose Molina, in a production of Romeo and Juliet where he was Romeo and you were Juliet? Do I have that right? 
Okay. You've told this story once. No, no. It's just just such a lame, yes, it's exactly that. We were Romeo and Juliet. We played it 125 times or something. And yes, that's how we met. Listen, my wife and I are a summer romance gone horribly wrong. (laughs) Because whatever it is, 36 years later, we're still, to, 34 years later, we're still together. You are a showman's gone horribly we wrong. We are. We are a showman's gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the, um, and you played Desdemona mm-hmm. uh, the following summer from Henry 4-1. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. yeah and I remember, I didn't see that production because I think I was seeing, I was seeing something, another, because you can't see everything, every play at OSF when you're there. Um and and uh, and my wife uh, saw it and had seen Henry Four One, and she said, uh, "For your Desdemona, yeah, I kind of didn't buy it, because <laughs> you know, through no fault of your own, this is the, both the joy, the, the the and the pain and the challenge of rep casting yeah. is that she thought, oh yeah, well he she absolutely could have taken that Othello, <laughs> you know, why did she just? I love that. That's so <laughs> funny. I know there was. I think there was times where we would joke that I would like come out and. Like reverse, put him in a chokehold. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, no, that was, and the reason that I and I, we were talking about that it was kind of a, a particularly graphic death, mm. um, in terms of how Chris Butler, who played Othello, decided to strangle me. It was kind of like a full body strangle, almost like mm. a hug. Mm. What he wanted it to look like a hug that was just very violent. Yeah. But the reason that it was so graphic and took such a long time was I felt like. She was, I wanted to make it clear that she is fighting for her life. Yeah. You know, that she's not giving up, that there's, but it's so funny that people thought like, yeah, but if she throw on some combat boots. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Nina Totenberg, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? Right now, the only place to see the remote Shakespeare Company is online. We've created a brand new page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, and a playlist on our YouTube page, where right this second you can watch us perform many of our epic abridgments from the comfort of your own shelter. You can also grab your own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin, and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. And now back to my conversation with character actor Alejandra Escalante. Well, and I think, again, you know, character actors, you know, we always want to play the parts that we don't get, you know, and so that you are able to play these, these, this range of roles. Uh, does it, does, does, does playing Hotspur uh, uh, affect a playing a Desdemona or an ingenue or just a normal person who isn't a warrior or does playing an ingenue affect playing Hotspur? You know what I'm asking? I think I do. I think it was. Um, there were times when it was a really tough transition to go from Hotspur to Desdemona. Yeah. Um, I found a lot. I mean, right, just the plays in them in and of themselves. Right, right? one is literally uh, devastating for me yeah, to play. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> but and and it w- and it was this. Well, you die in both, so I guess. I, I, should, yeah. I always die. By the way, that's my <laughs> thing. Even in plays where I'm not supposed to die, somehow uh-huh. I get staged to die. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know what that's saying. But um. Th- th- there were times where I was really interested in playing Desdemona after playing Hotspur. That was on my list of what I wanted to do for that following season because I just thought exactly that. How can I 
bring Hotspur to Desdemona, but but having had that mentality for an entire year, what would that? What 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 is an ingenue going to feel like now? Well, and I like that idea that 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 Des, that Othello would be attracted to a Desdemona who has the qualities of a warrior about her. Absolutely, someone yeah. that really holds her own can be there with him. Yeah. You know, have have his right hand and know what's going on and and be strong enough to do that. But at the same time, she's so naive. Only be, she just hasn't had any experience. Yeah. yeah. So once it gets to this, it's just she's just. She's just drowning. Yeah. You know? I, c- can I ask you about your training? Yeah. Because you said you went to BU. Mm-hmm. I was an MFA grad director at BU. And uh, and that was where I realized, oh, I don't like BFA programs. Um, because I found that the students, as talented as they were, didn't have some of the other uh, liberal arts yeah. background and training that I, that I like in my actors. Mm-hmm. And you said you were always playing, you know, the character roles, the old lady roles. Yeah. What do... Do you regret getting a BFA? And or would you? And I asked because my daughter is getting a BA in theater, uh-huh. because we said we she couldn't get a BFA. Uh-huh. Would you do something different? Would you give a, di- a different level of advice to college actors now? I, I do. Uh, you know, at, at OSF we get a chance to talk to a lot of high schoolers um, who are going into theater programs or are interested. And I guess I just. I don't regret it. I had a great time. I had great teachers and look, it's, it was beyond a passion, right? It was just my entire life and I threw myself into all of it. And so I can't say I regret it. And, and it gave me a lot of opportunities, um, that I've been, you know, so fortunate to be working this much, but I, I just think like you were saying, I, I do wish I had a, I had a teacher who was like, why don't you minor in Spanish literature or do these other things? And I was like, no, I don't want to do any of that. I'm just an actor. I do think to be a a good mindful actor is to know everything, right? As much as we can. So, and and I also say to not put so much pressure on feeling like if you don't get a BFA, then you're not a real actor or something like that. A lot of the people that I know that are the most wonderful actors didn't go to school for theater at all. So I just I, I just say to release the pressure of it. Like, if I don't get into Yale, then I guess I'm not, I can't do this. You know what <laughs> right. I mean? It, that has nothing to do with right, it. Right. If you want to do that, awesome. But, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all of yeah. being a good actor. Yeah, it, it's really true. I mean, you go out and uh, there is no one way to do this, right. you know? right. Have there been other roles that you've played that also surprised you as much as Hotspur? I will say, uh, we were speaking about Measure for Measure at the Goodman, Isabella. That's probably one of the only times that I could say I've wanted to keep going on a production. Not that I don't love the productions that I've been in, but like I'm, I'm, I'm usually done when I'm done. Yeah. Particularly at OSF where the runs are, yeah. It's 125 times. If you didn't figure it out, forget it. it just doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that one, Isabella is such, I mean, that play in general, no one's particularly good or bad or everyone's just so messed up. And I I would learn something new about her kind of every time, every week we went through it. And so that's that's one that surprised me in in the lack of clarity that I sometimes mm. went into it with. And I think, it, I think it actually made that process more fun. Yeah. Because I never felt... Like done. I know copy print. Here we go. Right. I was still so interested in who this human being was and why she operated the way she did. Yeah. Um, so that's probably one that definitely challenged me in a way that that's, others haven't. 
Yeah, that's really cool. And do you, uh, uh, would you recommend working with your fiancé husband, ignoring the fact that he's sitting six feet from us? I hate the guy. Yeah, No, I, you know what? We actually have, I think, have always, because we've worked a lot together now, besides we've done the Tempest, we've done Othello, we've done, we've done a lot of shows. Love's Labors, I think. Love's Labors, Yeah. yeah. Um, we've done a lot of shows together and I have to say, I think we actually have a pretty healthy working relationship and I don't, I also mean that when we go home, we're not like, okay, now it's time to bash everybody in our production. You know what I mean? Like we, we also can leave some stuff at the theater and not with each other, but also I think are fairly chill with each other. Right, babe? Yes. I would agree with that (laughs) statement. That's yes. Well said. Well said, sir. Um, uh, this has been so great. Thank you for talking to me um, for the podcast. I mean, because I, I just, I'm, I'm jealous of your, I'm envious of your career. You know, I'm an old 60-year-old white guy, and I want to have a 30-something Latina's career. Uh, that seems fair. That's <laughs> yeah, that seems about right. Yeah, yeah I like yeah. that. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Comedy Podcast. Send us your character actor dream role via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSC Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and you can follow Alejandra Escalante on Twitter at A-L-E underscore Escalante. Thanks, as always, to aging ingenue Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, and music by John Weber and GarageBand. Our random fan shout-up this week goes to Randy Davis. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Nina Totenberg, the senior legal affairs correspondent at National Public Radio, who just wrote a beautiful remembrance of her good friend, the notorious RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, over at NPR.org. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe, stay home, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 722,060ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. And also, coming home at night and gossiping about the cast members, that's one of the favorite things we do in the theater, isn't it? I think that's the point of it. Yeah. We we had the bar afterwards to do that, you know what I mean? Then once we get home, okay, then it's fine. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. So much less. So much less. So much less. So much less.